0: drop the subject the new channel Q Allison Johnson yes
1: how you doing I'm good how are you I'm pretty well good uh, Tuesday morning to you
2: (laughs) yeah good Tuesday morning to you too
1: (laughs) welcome to drop the subject I'm Jared, that's Allie. I am uh, I'm I'm testing out running the board today that'll be fun at least for a little bit until it gets crazy (laughs) Um, so we'll see how that works but um how's it feeling today how are you doing
2: uh, you know, it's feeling pretty good. I uh, I am enjoying driving to work right now because half the people in this city are not at work, so I always enjoy coming to work when no one else is at work.
1: I you always love a good a good traffic holiday.
2: I do, yeah. and you know what? Everyone. Uh, I don't think anyone is going to be getting to Thanksgiving this this week because there are a lot of problems. It's one of those things where it's literally a Looney Tunes episode every single day uh, to the point where I don't know. I think if you haven't left now, you, there's no way you're going to You gonna probably should not.
1: Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later because apparently there's going to be crappy weather happening across the country in all kinds of different ways and this morning when I was getting into the Uber, the, uh, the driver was like, oh, I'm so glad you're not going to the airport because apparently at our airport there's also protests going on. Do you know what the protests are about?
2: Yes it's about catering.
1: Is it really about catering? <laughs> yeah they're caterers. Oh I thought you were joking about that. I didn't No that they're, was all, what it's they're actually caterers
2: about. protesting.
1: About the airport?
2: They're protesting about I don't know the wages or the conditions or you know what do people protest for usually. I
1: just don't understand why they're protesting at the airport.
2: Well they're because pro- they work at the airport. Oh, they do like special events at the airport or something? No, it's all the catering staff that provides the food for all the restaurants and all the uh, oh, food okay. stands and stuff at the makes airport.
1: perfect sense and I they're totally. All, get
2: that. Yeah, and so they're all upset and then they decided when it would be a great time to protest and inconvenience everybody.
1: Right before Thanksgiving. Why
2: don't we do it 2 days before Thanksgiving when everyone is leaving for Thanksgiving holidays? They said it was because they wanted to increase the amount of visibility they would receive. So, all of the angry passengers that have missed their flights will be like, oh, they're protesting.
1: Interesting. So I did not realize that. Okay.
2: Yeah, so there's that going on. So, if you're flying uh, out of Southern California, you're effed. Then there's a a fire. If you say, oh, no, no, you know what? I'm not going to fly. I'm actually going to drive. Well, there's a fire right above Santa Barbara right now, and it's burning out of control. So, there's also... Uh, If you want to drive, that's going to be a problem. And then also on top of that, there is a giant storm brewing here in California and beyond in, in throughout the entire nation. So I think all we need now is some kind of like a murder mystery on a train.
1: I'm sure we can pull that off. And
2: that would be, that would pretty much be the well, superfecta of awful when it comes to Thanksgiving travel.
1: Well, the thing that's making the holidays really work for me right now is the fact that Disney Plus exists. And last night, I got I got home kind of early yesterday. I didn't have to like stay out as, as late as I usually do. And so I got home, I had a phone call, and then I was on the couch and I was like, I should watch a movie. And so I turned on Disney Plus and like the movie that I was looking for was like in the top bar where they like show like the things that you should be watching. And I was like, oh, my God, that's what I'm here for. So I clicked on it. You wanted to guess what they were because I ended up watching three and a half movies last night.
2: OK, well, if you say three and a half movies, then it must be sequential. There might be a trilogy or something like that. If You're it's not one, wrong. If one is already going to play in the backup it's gotta be a one, two, three. So, well,
1: it was to give you a hint, it was a one, two, and a one, two. A one, two. Because I didn't care one, about three.
2: All right, Adams Family and Adams Family values. No.
1: <laughs> but actually, now that you say that, I should be watching The Adams Family. You should. The first one was Home Alone. And then Home Are Alone, Lost in New York. Are you me
2: again? I
1: haven't watched it in so long, and so I've forgotten But how, you
2: watched it every day for I, so long.
1: Well, as a kid, but so then... What is, but, how can so, you
2: forget what's in that movie? I, I
1: hadn't realized that the Talkboy didn't even come in until Home Alone 2, and I was like, oh my God, I totally forgot about this. Thank God you know now. I, I Well, of course. This is going to change everything. I watched that, and then I started watching another movie. You want to guess? Is it sh- same genre? Is it Christmas? It is Christmas
2: uh Fat Santa or whatever Santa Claus. Yes, it was the Santa Claus. It was? I watched the Santa Claus. Fat Santa. <laughs> Did it re- Tim <laughs> Allen Fat Santa.
1: Tim Allen as Fat Santa. Um shout out to and Tim Allen and Fat and, Santa too. But like I I watched it and I felt so differently like watching Home Alone I just had like such a different appreciation for how much the mom was really fighting to get back to to Kevin. And then I was thinking as I watched the second one I was like you guys are some crappy parents like how does this keep happening?
2: I know. Yeah, they should be uh, now they in 2019 they would be arrested for child neglect
1: well and then I was never fly then I was thinking if uh, if Kevin McAllister were a little girl it would have been a whole different movie with these guys coming after her it had just been weird it was just it was so interesting to me watching it all all over again but I was like he's such a good kid he has such a good heart and all Mm -hmm. that and it was it was ridiculous anyway
2: yeah um, uh, I think the 2020 version should be home in a hot car (laughs) <laughs> uh, it's going to be even worse.
1: Exactly. we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to tell you about the storms that are brewing across the country because apparently you're going to have some travel problems this um, Thanksgiving. And then, what's a Henry? Uh, Ali said this on the show just yesterday, and I wasn't quite sure what it meant. We'll explain that. That's coming up next And Drop the Subject.
0: Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q.
2: All right, Drop the Subject here with you on this lovely Tuesday, 48 hours before Thanksgiving. Allie and Jarrett, Ooh. helping you get to your Thanksgiving location.
1: thinking like 48 hours before eating, 48 hours before people are going to be showing up at your house, 48 mm-hmm. hours before I'm like sweating in the kitchen because I'm standing over the oven because I didn't do everything I was supposed to do.
2: So 48 hours from now, you're going to be having a panic attack.
1: Almost. Maybe. Okay.
2: Well it depends on where you're going and how you're getting there. Uh, when it comes to road travel, I would suggest you should have left on Saturday. I mean, that's just <laughs> what you hear it gets worse every single year. You know, they say, oh, Wednesday, you know, leave Wednesday. That'll be fine. And then it was a like, no, leave Tuesday. And then it was like, no, that's not because everyone just keeps psyching each other out. Like, okay, well, everyone else is going to leave on Wednesday. So I'm going to leave on Tuesday People night. People are going to start
1: and, leaving like November 1st. Yes. Yeah.
2: Nobody's going to be able to because everyone tries to avoid traffic and then you're just creating traffic in other parts of the day and other days altogether.
1: My best friend, he opted this year. He flew out because he flew from New York to the Bay Area. He flew on Monday, and he's not flying back to New York until like December 5th or something like that. He's taking like as much time out of the window as he possibly can to be able to not be bombarded by holiday traffic.
2: Yeah, because you either have to leave a million hours or a million days in advance, or you have to leave like on the day. Right. Like, okay, I'll just leave Christmas morning. That's what's going to happen.
1: Well, apparently, if you're going to be traveling anywhere in the country this year, storms are going to be a problem for you. If you're if you're in traveling in or out of California, there's supposed to be flash floods and snow. According to CNN, they say a severe storm will pummel California this week, bringing heavy snow in the mountains and heavy rain to the coast and valleys. Um, uh, they say that uh, winter storm warnings uh, cover the Sierra, where snows will be measured in feet, starting on Tuesday and lasting into Friday. They say up to two feet of snow could cover the mountains in Los outside of. Los Angeles and then uh, just that alone is like that is going to make gridlock.
2: I mean, that's just the West Coast. On the East Coast, they're saying Charlie Brown
1: could get grounded. The idea of the parade getting totally pummeled by the storm I is crazy. Mean,
2: Thanksgiving should be canceled. Okay, I think that nationwide mm-hmm. way, we just I need to want make all that food, a though. little. Okay, no, uh, no, no one. Am I the only one? Just the
1: crickets. <laughs> like
2: <laughs> Thanksgiving canceled? Anybody?
1: Cricket, cricket. Yeah. There's no. also
2: like a turkey recall. Go. I mean, there's a lot of things that can kill us in the next 48 hours if well, it's damn. not a storm. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) A fire, a turkey recall. Okay, maybe the caterers on that are protesting. Have uh, I don't know what's going to happen there. Those could get violent.
1: Side note, because we're talking about weather, but you just mentioned turkey recalls. I went to the grocery store to buy these cookies that I love from Nestle, and they were recalled. Yeah. Apparently, there's like a lot of food recalls that I didn't know about. Tons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so,
2: and then on top of it, I I well, I guess that's really it. There's a lot of that, but. If you are going to be flying, we may have some answers for you. Because if you maybe uh, maybe when you're going over to your Thanksgiving dinner, you're you're always in charge of bringing stuffing. Maybe you're really really great at garlic mashed potatoes or candied yams. They go, oh, am and am. Oh, all of them.
1: Oh yeah, those are my faves.
2: <laughs> so, do you ever like if you go up to the Bay Area? Do you ever bring a dish with you on the plane?
1: Oh, like already made. Yeah. No.
2: So apparently people do that so and I, there's a whole list here of what you can what Thanksgiving foods you can and can't bring on an airplane.
1: I saw this headline and I thought like who is bringing the food? On the plane, like this, like unless people, oh, p- unless you're like the people that I'm sitting next to, Jarrett. Has who. this happened to you before?
2: No, but I feel like I would always, a hundred percent of the time, be sitting next to somebody like that.
1: Well, like they, the the headline is talking about a turkey, and I'm like, who the heck is bringing a turkey? And I'm like, unless you're getting like some kind of specialty turkey from the place where you live, I can't fathom why you need to bring a turkey.
2: Only bring something on a plane that's food if you are on an extremely specialized diet. I'm not talking about, oh, I don't do dairy. Extremely specialized diet. Or it is a food that you can only obtain in the place that you are visiting. Yeah. Those are the rules. Yeah, okay? I can see that. If you, yeah, if, if you're going to Buffalo and you want to get some Buffalo wings and bring them back to California, fine. They're going to be a little soggy, but probably still worth taking. If you're flying from California to California with a giant bean casserole, You have
1: problems. (laughs) The giant bean casserole. Um, They say that like if you're bringing a casserole, they say all you casserole stuffing and vegetable side dish people, you two are allowed in the main cabin. It may not look good as it as it did when you got it out of the oven, but it is allowed on board. But like I just I'm I'm taken aback by like they say like you can't take gravy on the plane because seemingly that is an issue. It's a liquid, right? Um, It's just weird to me. The idea of even bringing food on a plane is just kind of crazy to me.
2: Yeah, and it says also that you cannot bring your own carving set.
1: Well, that makes sense. Yeah, that would. I, I can't imagine you're going to bring like a, a butcher's block of knives. Yeah.
2: See, and I know everyone loves Thanksgiving food. It smells great. No, it does not smell great on a plane. I know you think you're doing everyone a favor. Oh. Do not bring whether it's new Thanksgiving food or old leftovers onto a plane. Let's just let's clear. Let's keep the skies friendly. Actually,
1: I'm not really mad at the idea of like the smell of gravy. Mind you, like six hours of the smell of gravy probably not going to no, be the best. When you're
2: trapped in a smell of gravy and you can't leave.
1: That's when you want to start
2: fighting. That's when you're like, that storm's looking pretty good down there. (laughs) Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. We have a jam-packed show today. Of course, Dr. Jen will be joining us a little later, as she always does on Tuesday. We have Just the Tip Tuesday on how to help you get through your Black Friday without getting scammed.
1: Then we have a Channel clue, a Channel Q exclusive. A Channel Clue? Give one to me. A Channel Clue exclusive. Uh, <laughs> Ronan is going to be here talking about his uh, really amazing reporting on uh, uh, Harvey Weinstein and uh, the book that came out of it called Catch and Kill. And there's a new podcast that's coming from the Intercom family uh, called Catch and kill as well, where he's going to be talking with the witnesses, some of the people um, that made claims against various different people. So that's going to be really, really cool. But, Ali, you've been talking, you said this thing on a show, on the show yesterday, uh, and I did not know what you were talking about. And I felt rather out of the know for not knowing it. What See, I
2: felt in the know for once. I know, it was right? Just <laughs> because it showed up on my Google News feed, and that's the only reason. No, no, no.
1: Do- it's because you introduced it to the world.
2: I didn't. Yes, I made it up. There I've coined it. Yeah, okay. it was extra, and then this. Those were my two terms that I've coined. No, oh. um, do you know what a, a Henry is, I don't Jared?
1: I don't even know like what the... The is it a verb? Is it an adjective? Like I don't know any of that.
2: Yeah, uh, no, it's just when someone dates a guy named Henry. That's all. Oh, it is. that makes sense. No, okay. it's <laughs> no, it actually stands for High Earner Not Rich Yet, and it is a new term that is being given to millennials oh, who make a lot of money but still feel broke all the time because that is a new trend.
3: Mm, millennials
2: okay. are making more because they're working more, just because of inflation in general. Uh, I think a lot of millennials. I mean, not to generalize too much, but I think that they are less likely to take crappy jobs that don't pay as much. I think they're like, you know what? I'm not going to take anything less than six figures or something like that. So then you end up getting a six figure income, which is nice. But then you also still feel like you don't have a lot of money. And there are a few reasons for this. They say that these Henry's. Want to act and and seem like they're having a luxurious lifestyle, so they'll stay at luxury hotels. They'll take international vacations. So they'll travel a lot. They'll even own or rent two different places. They'll do things like class pass, which can be as much as 180 bucks a month. Some of them even have quote pleasure funds that are just reserved for fun activities. Hmm. But then they'll try and budget in other places. Like when it comes to shopping, they'll go to TJ Maxx instead of like Bloomingdale's or something like that. But then. They look at their savings account, and it's toast. It's avocado toast. <laughs> so they don't. They feel like they don't have a lot of extra money. Which is money. still a little
1: on the fancier side. Well, exactly. Right.
2: They're still they're spending a lot of money on avocado toast, mixed in with some Soul Cycle and some brunches, and they're going crap. We don't have any money left. Thus, the term the Henry, the high earner who is not rich yet.
1: I feel like I know so many of these people, and then I'm like, am I one of these people? I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, I I earn pretty okay, and like. I do live a pretty decent lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I don't have a bazillion dollars in my savings, but I'm enjoying life.
2: Well, it says there are three traits that characterize a Henry. So let's see if you have these. A higher than average income.
1: I don't know that it's higher than average. <laughs> I don't know. If yours is higher than average, then I think we need to talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, like, I have, I, I have multiple jobs, but, like, I, I'm trying to think, like, uh, okay, go ahead. Little to no savings. Okay. And feelings of low
2: material wealth.
1: I think I'm a Henry. Am I a Henry?
2: <laughs> I don't know. If you've got the trifecta, that's what a Henry is. The working rich is what they called them. If they stop working, they will no longer be rich. So... In order to maintain their wealthy lifestyle, they have to keep working and working and working and working to keep up with the inflated lifestyle that they're living. They can't pare down because they want to go on these lavish vacations and they want to feel like they're getting something extra, that they're living an extra life.
1: Well, What's interesting about this is because we've always heard that, um, that the majority of Americans... Live paycheck to paycheck. and if they were to they were to miss a paycheck, they'd be in real serious pain. or I think this the study came out that said that they were basically like if there was like a four hundred dollars or five hundred dollars I can't remember what the, the amount was, but it was less than a thousand dollars. If like a, an expense like that just popped up, they wouldn't be able to handle it. And so I think that is a common thing for Americans in general. But I also think it's a it's kind of a situation of um having to figure out. How to live the life that you want on the money that you've got?
2: Yeah, well, that that that's I mean, you make a good point because no matter what your paycheck is, you're living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, it's about your spending. It's exactly. about figuring out, and then oh no, I need a new tire. I'm totally broken, homeless. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, Which I, happened
2: to me by the way. I had to get my tires done last night. Does I, anyone have a couch I can sleep but on? But you're
1: not homeless. You have a <laughs> wife. You're, you see, you also have the benefit... who wants not to work. Well, there is that part. But you have the you have the benefit of being a dual income household. Which We're helps. dinks. You're, wait, what is another term for you. Dual income, no, no kids, kids, right? Yep. There you go. All, All right. right. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we got more.
0: Drop the subject. The new
2: Channel Q. All right. Some tweets coming in. Oh.
1: <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> tweets are coming in. And um, yes. Jared, Jared is
2: was, pushing buttons Jared's today. Jared's pushing
1: the buttons today. And it's uh, it's a fun time. Yeah. I don't know what happened. How's but that going over there? It's going pretty well. Yeah. I would say.
2: Yeah. Um, well, we have some tweets coming in from Chris Contreras. Of course, he always has something to say about the show live on Drop the Subject. And uh, he's making some comments about what I said about wings, because there is a little bit of history here. Now, Patrick, who used to be on the air up in San Francisco, uh, he he did have an affinity for wings, and uh, he took a girl on a date to a wing place, and uh, he earned the name Wing Fingers, which was, uh, just, there's too much to get into there. But uh, Chris Contreras saying, did Ali really just say it's okay to bring Buffalo? wings on a plane from buffalo because you can't get them anywhere else useless weirdo aka wing fingers would definitely disagree with that buffalo wings are readily accessible everywhere i would still disagree with you chris Contreras, because specifically in buffalo there's a buffalo wing sauce that is unparalleled and you cannot get it anywhere else i Wait, even, is that
1: where the name buffalo wings came from yes buffalo and i
2: ate buffalo wings in buffalo no 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 it's in new york
1: Buffalo, New York. Sorry, yes. I'm thinking Boston. (laughs) Where's Buffalo, Massachusetts? I'm thinking Boston, Massachusetts. (laughs) Massachusetts, Buffalo, New York. I never realized that that's where that name came from. I just always thought it was like some kind of weird thing.
2: Yeah, and it was an accidental invention by a a wonderful woman who was just making a bunch of like she didn't know she had to make a chicken dish for a bunch of her like hungry sons or Uh something and then she decided to just throw all these wings in the oven and then pour this weird sauce on it and it became buffalo wings and there's a sauce that you can buy the original buffalo sauce at the restaurant really and i bought the sauce and i brought it on a plane and i brought it to wing fingers to give it to him i don't even know if he was grateful i don't even know if he's ever had it to wing fingers yeah to wing fingers okay all right we must move on, though. Yes. Keep the tweets coming at DTS Show, and of course on Instagram as well. You can always direct message us, and we move on now to our Thanksgiving song. We have been sharing Thanksgiving music with you uh, since yes, since last week, since last Monday. It's part of our twelve days of Thanksgiving. And uh, well, wait and a minute, that fu- doesn't work. It's been longer than that. It,
1: it's a total of twelve. It'll it's a total, a total of twelve, 12 days. days yeah. So we've got
2: one more to give you tomorrow.
1: But there's a um, we we have a playlist on Apple Music and on Spotify where you can follow along with all of the music that has been coming out of um, our Thanksgiving, our what we call Drop the Subject Presents Thanksgiving Music Matters too, And we've basically been adding these songs all week long just so that you can have something to play on Thanksgiving Day. Because, I mean, everyone needs a good playlist when they're having a party. And we really want to help with that. And so, Ali, you found this song um, for today that's already been added to the playlist. You can find it again on Spotify and on Apple Music. And if you want to uh, subscribe to the playlist, you can get those um, there. But, Ali... What is this song today? Because I had not heard this song before.
2: Well, you know, I thought we'd go old school a little bit. I thought we'd go alternative. I thought we'd go Green Day. These guys are Bay Area, since we've been talking about Bay Area. And they also have a Thanksgiving-themed song, sort of. Well, it's called... Macy's Day Parade. And I thought, hey, since we mentioned the Thanksgiving Day Parade already in the show this morning, why not have a Macy's Day Parade song hit the airwaves here on Channel Q? Uh, because, you know, Charlie Brown might be grounded this year. We might not see Charlie Brown and that giant Snoopy fly. And then is Thanksgiving, did it Thanksgiving even happen? Yes, it did. Here's the song to add to your playlist.
1: This is Green Day's Macy's Day Parade.
0: Today's a Macy's Day Parade The night of
3: the living dead is on its way With the credit
2: report for duty call
4: It's a lifetime guarantee Stuffed in a coffin 10% for
0: free so, special at the mausoleum.
3: Give me something that i need to you.
2: What's so, kind of a kind of a sad jam It is Green Day so The video
1: it, he looks pretty sad in it too.
2: Well yeah i mean he always looks a little sad I think he always looks uh, uh you know Run hard and put up wet. Is that the uh, is that the actual phrase?
1: I've not heard that in so long. uh, Ooh she's been run hard and put put up wet. wet.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he does look like that. He has that look about him. But this is uh, that's the best phrase because it's so
1: descriptive. It is. You know, you put something up wet. It's not coming out good. Mm
2: Nope. And then it dried again, and it's, exactly. it still looks bad. That's hilarious. So this is, uh, I, I actually don't know when this song premiered. I would imagine the in the YouTube 90s. YouTube video, it
1: was posted in 2009, so I'm guessing it's probably somewhere around then. Huh. Interesting.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, they they are tried and true. I've met them. They're very, very nice people, and it's uh, so it's only fitting that we would add them to the playlist, and we don't really have enough alternative kind of emo-ish music with lots of man feelings on the what playlist. What holiday is more emo
1: than Thanksgiving? You know what I mean?
2: I mean, the the word mausoleum is in the lyrics, so I, oh, that'll nice. be a real fun one to drop on the fam.
1: Yeah, have fun with that yeah.
2: one. Uh, when we come back, we have a drop the president. There's some stuff going on with Elizabeth Warren and how she feels about Bloomberg and how he might be trying to buy votes. We will see. Jarrett will break it all down. We'll do it together. Drop the subject returns in a moment.
1: I think we're here. Mm-hmm. I think we're on the radio again as i'm pushing buttons and i'm um, figuring out what we're doing here <laughs> but um ally the things have been getting interesting in the 2020 election um, if you guys are just joining us we have a segment that we like to call drop the president <laughs> Drop the president.
2: Yeah, it's definitely not drop the candidate. Because we seem to be doing the exact opposite. When there was twenty people starting out, or more
1: than twenty, right? They were like I think the height of it was like twenty four. Okay. Or something like that. So
2: there were twenty four people. 20, 27 podiums. No, I, I don't
1: think know. We, I, If I'm not mistaken, I think it started out as 24, and I think we got down to like 16 or 17. And
2: now it's like back up to 70. I don't
1: know. <laughs> we added two and got back yeah. to 70. I think I think we're around 18 or 19 right now with Deval Patrick and Michael Bloomberg getting okay. into the race.
2: So, and I get confused because a new debate happens, and then all the people who are still in the, uh, still in the running are not on stage. And then right. there's new people that are, are like have just jumped in, and we have no idea who the hell they are. And there's Tom Steyer and Bloom and all this stuff. And now, so Elizabeth Warren has things to say about well, some
1: of these people. It promises to get even more interesting because we have two new entrants into the race who are both well-known within the party but not necessarily have, like, you know, 100% name ID for sure. Um, and then neither one of them is going to be able to make the threshold for the next debate. Every two debates, there's another threshold that um, that candidates have to be able to reach to get onto the debate stage. They have to have a certain number of donors from a certain number of states and have a certain amount of money Raised um, from each of those yeah, things. Marianne Williamson does not have any of those things. But she's still emailing you.
2: She's still emailing me and I've unsubscribed at least three times.
1: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: That's She's one of a those. I, that's why I told you. I got groupon I got so groupon by Marianne Williamson.
1: That's funny because my Gmail just asked me if I wanted to unsubscribe from Groupon. And I was like, yes.
2: Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Isn't that an amazing new feature? I know, it just happened. But they only do it with a couple of things. Yeah,
1: I'm like, I got a lot of stuff in here that I never opened. I'm like, where's this with LinkedIn?
2: Because I feel like I've unsubscribed from LinkedIn. I feel like I do it once a day.
1: LinkedIn is always sending me a message congratulating me for some anniversary that I didn't know existed. And then Anyhow, it wants
2: you to congratulate everybody else on their stupid anniversaries. And I'm
1: like, I don't even like you, LinkedIn. Um, Anyhow, Michael Bloomberg jumped into the race uh, this past uh, week and uh, over the weekend, I should say. And so it's been interesting because the debate around him is the fact that he might be trying to buy the nomination, which I kind of understand the perspective of this. Michael Bloomberg is a former um, mayor of New York, a billionaire who runs um, Bloomberg News, which is also um, an interesting element of this because he runs a cable news network. He is the owner of it. And so, so, I am fascinated by it because Michael Bloomberg ha- is in this unique intersection of like being a rich, a billionaire from New York City, which arguably Donald Trump was the same thing but he also runs a news network and he's got enough money to be able to completely fund his own campaign if he wanted to he's somewhere in the in the region of 50 billion dollars right these election campaigns tend to cost about a billion dollars now and so like he oh, could spend that much money and like be fine the problem is he needs supporters he needs support well seemingly I, He needs supporters to get on the debate stage, but he needs voters, obviously, to win. So, like, the reason that we have these thresholds in the debates uh, is because if you haven't been able to get, say, you know, 10,000 donations from X different place, the likelihood of you being able to get voters in those places is a lot lower. So if you get people that can donate to you in each different state, then the feeling is that, seemingly, you will be able to have support in those states and be able to run a a primary campaign that could win. Yeah,
2: but then eventually you need, like... Even if Elizabeth Warren says that he's trying to buy support, he needs that to convert into actual support. But then you could also argue that President Tr- that Donald Trump bought his voters as well.
1: Well, sort of, because Donald Trump was the interesting thing where he said he was he was going to fund his own campaign, but then he didn't do that. But he kept saying that he was. That but then was behind the own-
2: scenes, you could also be sort of buying voters indirectly. You know what I mean? By by putting money into companies that are then gonna support you and, and that like lobbying and things like that. That's sort of the same thing, isn't
1: it? Sort of, in a way. Yeah, over the weekend um the I was I heard one of the, the experts talking about it and saying how our our system of government is created in a way that supports being able to self-fund yourself, right? Um, From a governmental perspective. Now, from a party perspective, not so much because of these thresholds that we have um, that don't allow people to be on the debate stage or to be able to to participate in the process. So there is something about that that, you know, I mean, people feel a a way about it, but I... Elizabeth Warren, obviously, someone who has always been running against um, millionaires and billionaires. Whenever I hear millionaires and billionaires, I immediately think of Bernie Sanders. Um, But it's interesting because she's one of those people who's always been kind of opposed to um, billionaires and saying that people shouldn't be able to have that much money and not be giving it back to the system. And obviously she has this, this wealth tax that she's trying to roll out. So. Bloomberg versus Warren is a very interesting dichotomy because, like, A, they're never going to run against... They're never going to run on the same ticket, no, right? No, So they're diametrically opposed Wouldn't to each other. Wouldn't
2: that be great, though, if they just, like, Completely threw a curveball to everybody and they were like, surprise, well, we're dating. Well,
1: what would be interesting about that is if that were to happen, all of the people who support her would side eye her like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, I know. You know. That would be ridiculous. But I mean, anything could happen. Stranger things have happened for sure. So,
2: Stranger things are happening right now.
1: Stranger things are happening These, right like now. Where,
2: where we're at right now, you're like, this is never could have happened. <laughs> and know. now it's happening.
1: Yeah, you're right. Donald Trump so, is the president of the United who
0: States. Who knows what's going to happen next?
1: <laughs> we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back.
0: Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q.
1: Drop the Subject is back, and I want to talk about this story because it was interesting to me. Uh, it's about a radio host over in Britain. This oh no, comes, cancel it. I know, right? This headline comes from a uh, HuffPost, and it says Kate Middleton and Prince. William addressed a BBC host over Princess Charlotte joke. So apparently on Princess Charlotte's first day of school, um, there was this photo that came out of her meeting her teacher. She's there with her brother um, and her mom and dad, who are the future king and queen. And she's shaking hands with her her new teacher. Um, I believe the teacher's name is Miss Haslam. And which sounds like something out of a movie. Not going to touch that.
2: I mean, but I I, I just... Miss Haslam.
1: Miss Haslam sounds like something out of like Harry Potter or something. Yeah. So not. a Haslam. Exactly. And I don't know if she'd be a good one or a bad one, but
2: um, I think she'd be a Slytherin. I don't know what any of them are. I don't either. I just uh, a
1: Slytherin is the only one that M- I recognize. M- what's the other one?
2: Emmy's a Slytherin. You're a Slytherin. What's, okay.
1: What's the other one? It's Slytherin. They're Hufflepuff. And
2: Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, and uh, Gryffindor. Are there okay. four or five Slytherin of them? And, and then there's and, the Snitch. Uh, is that a thing? There's the snitch. There's no. the, the golden snitch. That's the thing. And
1: then there's there's the <laughs> what are we referencing? The game of snitch. I don't even know. I what think we're just saying about.
2: things that we know about Harry Potter. Well, I, right. I Order I saw the, the first squash. I saw the first movie. Order of the loved
1: phoenix. loved the first movie. Never saw another one.
2: I watched them. I just don't know any. Like I watched them all, and I was like, great.
1: I wouldn't recognize them in a police lineup. So anyhow, <laughs> I um, recognize Hermione. Helen, lineup, of course you would, horn yeah, like um, Helen Haslam is the teacher, and she she um, <laughs> she was like she's like squatting down to shake the future queen's hand. Um, and so uh, on the radio, the um, the the radio host uh, he said um, <laughs> he said that he thought it was weird that that the student was. Shaking a teacher's hand and like was kind of making fun of it, and it was weird to me because oftentimes you say things on the air and you don't ever run into the person. Like if Selena Gomez walked in here and was like, "So about my performance yesterday," it'd be a little weird, right? right? Yeah. Um, Greg James is the name of the radio host, and he hosts a show called Breakfast with with Greg James. And apparently, while he was talking about this, they were in the car listening, listening. to the radio while they're t- while he's talking about them, which. Little awkward.
2: So if Selena Gomez had been listening to yesterday's show Which
1: I understand she's a big fan of the station. She would not be pleased with us. She probably wouldn't, but she also knew that her voice sounded like trash. No shade.
2: <laughs> no shade.
1: No shade, Selena. You can't
2: just say that and they say no, no shade no, no, afterwards.
1: Because here's the thing it's not shade, it's tea. Like it's what <laughs> okay. it is. Your voice sounded bad. Not saying anything about you. You have one of my very favorite songs. Um Which one's that one? It's called Hands. No, no, no. She I, she has a song that I really like. And it's, what is it called? Like, Hands All Over or something like that? Hands to Myself? Gryffindor. Or, I don't know. Same thing. So, <laughs> um, so it got awkward because Greg, uh, uh, what is this man's name? Yeah, his name is Greg. He ran into them at, uh, Greg James, he ran into the Royals at a party. And apparently they approached him about it. Nice. They said, he is talking about this on another interview. They said, we were listening on the morning of Little Charlotte's first day and we want to talk to you about the handshaking thing. And he said, oh God, no.
2: Oh no. He
1: said, they heard me saying this school was so posh that they had to shake hands with their, their teacher every day. It says, luckily, the conversation ended on a positive note with James saying he thinks uh, that things are absolutely fine among the the three of them. But I'm just thinking to myself, like, I would feel bad if Selena Gomez came in here. But, like, again, it's not shade. It's T. If I said, like, I didn't like her wig, or I thought she shouldn't be dancing, or I thought, you know, I didn't understand why people followed her, that would start to to venture into the shady business, right? But it's just T. Objectively, your voice sounded bad.
2: No, and and that's the job of a radio host, just to point out when someone's voice sucks.
1: I mean... (laughs) We literally had a meeting with the boss who was like, "Don't make fun of the music. All right, chill yeah. out, calm down. He, like, yes, if you don't like he something, he
2: was not happy about the way that we were speaking about the
1: music. I can't and, uh, even remember what the song was that we were talking. I don't about. know.
2: I'm sure we heard some song, and I was like, that only goes well with a cosmopolitan, or I don't know something <laughs> of that nature. And uh, yeah, so but like, you but know. that was that was actually talking about somebody's performance yeah. at a live event. Uh, I also am just not sure why it's weird that the teacher was doing that. Is it weird to shake a kid's hand? I, I don't know. Is that know. a thing, a thing mean, that happens?
1: And, like, to be honest, like, I get it. Like, favoritism is a bad thing. She's but supposed like, to bow? I Well, I mean, probably, actually. Um, but, like, I, I, I can't be too mad at this. Like, if the royals were going to be the parents in my class, like, I'd probably yeah. shake the kid's hand. Like, <laughs> it's the first time you're meeting a kid. Like, I don't see what's so bad about it. But I, he was...
2: I think that in England, there's this weird thing called respect for the royal family. Hmm. And I don't really know. Like Did us Americans that? just are not.
1: It's literally what America's founded on. Is, is not Is being, disrespect. Well, at least with, like rejecting of like royal culture and like monarchy and all that. Well,
2: yeah. But also like we could sit here and crap on the president every day.
1: Oh, and. And it's never not. Mind.
2: And it's. Oh, by the way, crap. 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 <laughs> but it's not something that people are going to listen to and be like, oh, oh, no. Oh, my. But when Mind you, we even, get a few
1: emails, but yeah. No, it's
2: true, but then even when people, even people in Britain, if they're like I didn't like her dress Well They're like no, I'll say I not have it I won't have it. Um I yeah No it's more Earl
1: Grey for you. It's interesting to me though, like I mean yeah, I know that there's like some rule, and they always talk about this on last week tonight with John Oliver that you can't um, say negative things about Britain on television or, or about the royals. Yeah, or something. like there's and,
2: weird. Yeah, standards. there's real rules about that. So. so yeah, I mean, even saying something like I I hear this radio host saying something about handshaking. I'm like, that's nothing. What is that? Who cares? Yeah, that's
1: weird. All right, but do to say?
2: them, it's it stands out.
1: Yeah, we'll take a quick break when we come back. With the all new news that I lose. It's up next.
0: Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop The Subject presents News It or Lose It. I, I
1: hate you so much, Producer Emmy. Uh, she, I, we changed up our, our format of News It or Lose It, so we come in with the music now, and I think Ali and you I You talk are both, over,
2: the, over it when the mics are not on yeah, 100% of the time. Both
1: of us have done it multiple times where we'll start talking, and then the producer will look at us like, you stupid B-word. And then it's like, and just now, Emmy goes... You thought. <laughs>
2: <And> <laughs> you thought. So,
1: uh, News It or Lose It is back, and we are um, talking about not Mark McGrath, but what do you have first?
2: All right. I thought we would start off with this new website called Quinn. And you know Evan Spiegel? He's one of the co-founders of Ch- Snapchat? hmm Well, his 22-year-old sister is also creating apps. Okay. Adult-themed audio-only oh, apps.
1: Wait, adult-themed audio?
2: So, Yes. This is a new site for audio erotica. Oh. I wouldn't even oh, say like it's sexy audio. Podcasts. Yes. Okay. They're basically sexy podcasts or sexy downloads of like stories. In with different people and different accents, sounding se- it's basically like the modern day sex. Like I'm not mad at this phone sex. Okay, but you're not I- interacting with the person; you're just listening to them sounding sexy.
1: Well, I guess what's crazy to me about it is like I'm surprised this hasn't been a thing before with like sexy audiobooks and stuff like that because people are into erotica and like reading those kinds of stories and stuff like that. It's not, I'm not mad at it.
2: Here's an example of one. Uh-oh. This is normally a male French voice, but uh, I'll just get, I'll. Do, it's called French Goodbye. This is a 10 minute recording that is on the website. You have to do
1: it all in your French accent.
2: I wanted to leave you on a rather nice note, so I brought up some wine. I mean, how can a French guy get, oh, I can't say that, without some wine? French goodbye is just one of the many stories on the audio erotica platform Queen. The site which launched this month after a beta period was founded by Caroline Spiegel. Anyway, it's there are not, a bunch a of bad French accent. different <laughs> accented voices. There's French, English, Australian. Oh, God. You want some wine? Eh? You feeling <laughs> okay. Randy now? Uh, it, yeah. That's a very sexy good, voice. But okay. uh, and also, just to close it out, their number one most popular tag so far. Any guesses?
1: Um, you're Lesbian. At, you're looking at one. Is it lesbian? Lesbian, yes. I'm sure lesbians love this.
2: Every, but also, everyone loves lesbians on any adult site of anything. Well, because
1: I think I think about the way that porn gets engaged, and I imagine that like if I were a woman, I would probably not feel as I wouldn't feel like porn was made for me. Like no. that's why I say like feminist porn is actually really really great. But I think it's um, I feel like porn is always done through the gaze of a man, a man's it eyes, is, and yeah. even like um, they were just talking about this with Queen and Slum in a movie that's um, that's out with um, from Lena Waithe, and they talk about how. There's a scene in the movie where um, her, her, one of the women in the movie, her uncle, has like all these sexy women around him, and he's like they're like the women in his life. And they said that it was very clear that the women were chosen by women because because these were women who were like comfortable in their sexuality, mm-hmm. not m- women that men just wanted to stare at. Exactly, and like because the way you make ones those choices that look
2: stereotypically, is like what a Playboy woman
1: would look like. Exactly, there's yep. big hair and huge boobs yep. and all this, and it's like these women are gorgeous as well. Yeah, and
2: you appreciate their bodies. Exactly. Yeah. I think actual real-life lesbian porn, especially if it was just audio, would be like,
1: I brushed the cat. It's like, oh my God, did you wash the dishes?
2: The L word is on. Oh my God. Let's not have sex and watch
1: it. Do you want to cuddle all
2: night long? Do you want to sign this deposit on this house?
1: Actually, all of that stuff kind of turned me on to <laughs>
2: So. Alright, let's completely shift gears Moving on. over to uh, a kid who was being bullied in school. It's like, oh, you're signing a deposit na- slip?
3: Yes, please.
2: <laughs> yes, I want a five-term lease. <laughs> uh, Alright, so Cameron Henderson, he was getting a little bummed out because he was being made fun of in school. He started getting bullied uh, in school in person and online, so much so that he had to enroll in a new school. Then it became very impossible for him to uh, you know, deal with it. So he decided instead to express his frustrations through song in the form of a ukulele song that he Ooh. created. Uh, and uh, after he got called trash, this is what he wrote and put on YouTube. Sometimes people, they tell you that you're
0: not good enough, but to a beautiful. Just
1: look oh I know it's so yeah. I just want to <laughs> hug him all day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can be any cuter?
2: so there you go. Oh. That if you're ever feeling like trash, or if anyone is ever making you feel like trash, I just uh, I would take a note out of Can Candor, Cameron him? Henderson's book. Can we get him
1: on the show? oh my god i mean probably i want to have him on the show Why i feel not? like that he's so awesome okay we're gonna we have to find that little boy we have to gather um, ourselves yeah i'm gonna go pull myself together because we have
2: to get ourselves together for ronan farrow who's joining us very soon
1: oh my god there's so much happening now i really need to prepare okay ronan Farrell's <laughs> coming up we'll explain uh what's been going on with him and then we'll talk to ronan Farrell. that's up next
0: drop the subject The new channel q
1: a uh, big moment here for us on Drop the Subject. I'm really excited about this because uh, Ronan Farrow is a person who has made a, a, a lot of news in the past months, um, and well, really in the past years, because he's been breaking a lot of these major stories about um, sexual misconduct, sexual harassment, sexual violence, um, and if you don't know, about Ronan Farrell's reporting, you definitely know what he reported on. Uh, Ronan was the person who broke the Harvey Weinstein story wide open. Technically, it came out in the New York Times a couple of days before, but his reporting is really what you know what exploded led you, all this, of that, right? Um, yeah, he was reporting on this while he was at NBC News and uh, reporting for MSNBC as well, and they kind of canned the story, and it became a bigger story once he went to the New Yorker, where he wrote out this reporting that he'd been doing, and you know, it really is how so many people now know that Harvey Weinstein is the horrible terrible person that he is. Well
2: yeah, and then think about all of the other men that this led to. Absolutely. You know all of the other, I mean it's just been spiraling since then. Yeah. I mean, if 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 Rowan Farrow hadn't done this reporting and hadn't kept going because they were like you said a lot of people were trying to shut it down. NBC wanted to shut it down. There were several people that were working for Weinstein's company that wanted to shut him down specifically. So the fact that he kept going has I think changed the world significantly yeah. and the climate that we live in and what men are and are not held responsible for.
1: Yeah, it's um it's kind of crazy to think how his career has really um spanned run actually used to have a show on MSNBC. He talked about it in an interview before that he ended up at NBC so much longer because he had like a 4-year relationship, a 4-year contract with them. He hosted a show called Run, run and Farrow Daily on MSNBC that was short-lived and he was like I still have more time on my contract, so I had to do more reporting. Um, and he started doing a lot of undercover investigative reporting for NBC News, appearing on the Today Show. But now he, is, uh, he has a, this brand new book called Catch and Kill, and a podcast that is a part of our intercom family here it comes from Pineapple Street Media. Pineapple Street Media is a new part of the intercom family. And he has this new podcast, and he is uh, kind of – Really?
2: He's taking like a deep dive into right. how he got all this information, right? He's, he's and like interviewing into,
1: people that helped witnesses, colleagues, you know, people who've worked alongside with him. Um, here's a little bit of that.
0: They asked me, "Amber, could you do something for us?" And I said, "Yeah, absolutely." And they said, um, "Would you want to meet them tomorrow and wear a wire?"
5: I'm Ronan Farrow, and coming next week from Pineapple Street Studios is the Catch and Kill podcast. My new book, Catch and Kill, chronicles how I followed a trail of clues from the Weinstein story to others about the systems that protect powerful men accused of terrible crimes in Hollywood, Washington, and beyond.
2: Yeah, so that's just one of the many witnesses, or the one of the many victims, yeah. of Harvey Weinstein speaking up. Thanks to him.
1: He's got an incredible story of how he started these stories, how there were spies after him, private investigators, his own life threatened, how one of the spies turned and became an ally for him. Um, We've got so much to talk with Ronan Farrow about. That's going to be coming up right after we take this quick break. You're not going to want to miss it. You're listening to Drop the Subject on the new Channel Q on radio and radio.com. Drop the
0: Subject. The new Channel Q.
2: All right, it's dropped the subject with Jarrett and Alley, and I cannot believe this, but we are about to be joined by yet another award winning journalist. Oh, I am about to be outnumbered, Jared. Here. I will be the only one on the airwaves that has not won an award in journalism.
1: I'm not doing this with you. I'm not. Ronan Please? Farrow has been an integral part of the Me Too movement. He won a Pulitzer Prize for reporting on the Harvey Weinstein scandal and he wrote the book Catch and Kill and he is now on the phone to chat with us about the podcast of the same name, Catch and Kill. Ronan, we thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Pleasure to be here. so yes, of course. I just want to jump right in and ask you, how did this whole arc of reporting in this beat get started for you? And I, the Harvey Weinstein story obviously was the big story that won the pulitzer prize but like how did that story even begin and come to you
5: well the story of how i first started digging into sexual abuse in hollywood more broadly speaking um, and how that led to harvey weinstein is laid out in the book and now the podcast and it was very clear along the way that first of all there was just a huge reservoir of audio created during this reporting that should see the light of day and would be powerful. Um, And second of all, that the sources around the story and people in my life who either hindered or empowered it um, were incredibly instructive to hear from. And so the, the podcast really, allows you the listener to get both of those things everything from the recordings my producer at NBC Rich McHugh and I made as the story was getting shut down at that network where we both were initially trying to break the story um to the you know the police recordings uh that were made of Harvey Weinstein confessing to a crime and then also it, it let you get to know the men and women who made or broke the fate of the story.
2: The Catch and Kill podcast, I can't wait to dig into this. What's it been like with the guest selection process? I mean, has anybody been afraid to speak up or once they know that it's your podcast, they change their minds? I know that some of the people that you've been talking to were sort of trying to remain anonymous and now maybe some of that's changed
5: both in the the book reporting process and now with the podcast sources really took a risk by exposing themselves uh and becoming public figures you know mostly these are not famous people that i'm profiling on the podcast they're uh you know ordinary men and women who were thrust into a situation that was extraordinary and realized they had an ethical obligation to speak and they're taking that yet another step further and um, allowing me to do these deep dives and, and allowing people to get to know them in the public through the podcast because they think it can help and empower other people.
1: Ronan, you're used to uh, the spotlight. You've obviously been a known person for a long time. But what came interestingly with this story for you was that there were people following you. You were being tracked and spied on. And Can you talk about the concerns and how you can talk about that in the podcast or what, what that experience was like for you?
5: Well, the very first episode of the podcast is about a guy named Igor Ostrovsky, who is a private investigator who found himself wrapped up in this international espionage plot to shut down reporting on the Weinstein story. And that included stalking me, essentially. you know, He was following me around for weeks and staking out my apartment. and It was a very scary period. As sources were telling me to get a gun. I was looking over my shoulder a lot. I was putting my reporting material in a safe deposit box. and In the course of this podcast episode, you can get to know Igor and what the other side of that was like, what it was like for the people doing the following, and how it placed him in a really difficult ethical situation um, where he ultimately felt he had to become a whistleblower and help me with my reporting. It's a, it's an incredible kind of stranger than fiction saga where, uh, you know, a, a guy who's involved in something bad really becomes a good guy.
2: I know that there are several people on uh, Weinstein's staff that were trying to stop you from doing this investigative reporting. But was there ever a point where your close family members or your partner or anybody that was close to you wanted you to stop for your own safety and for, you know, the safety of the, the loved ones around you?
5: Well, I certainly in the book and in the podcast, you know, you'd see how there were people who were telling me to stop and mostly they were on the professional side, you know, my agent uh telling me to stop my uh bosses at nbc telling me to stop um you know and and part of the plot that i unravel in this is just why that was and some of those people had other interests and deals with weinstein to kill the story and um you know i'm able to prove a lot of that ultimately but i actually would say in response to your question about people in my personal life i was really lucky because I had a partner who was very, very strong and principled in saying, look, I know this sucks for your career right now, but the story is all that matters. You've got to keep going no matter what the risks. And I had you know, people around me, loved ones who had experienced sexual violence and been brave about speaking out about it. And I was able to draw strength from them. And you'll hear from some of those people over the course of the podcast, particularly my sister, who. Uh, was really an inspiration to me at a time when I was struggling to understand what these sources were going through.
1: I've been reading Catch and Kill, and it's a really extraordinary feat of reporting and journalism, and I, I really just celebrate like how fantastic of a piece of work it is from you. Um, I'm curious with the podcast, was there anything that happened in the podcast that actually surprised you or that kind of caught you off guard in, in your interviews?
5: First of all, thank you for that about the book. And yes, I would say there have been just as many surprising moments in making the podcast and having these conversations with the sources for the podcast as there were in the book. And, you know, some of those are to do with just the audio, you know, going back and listening for the first time again to what it was like for me at that moment. Uh, You know, the conversations I had with my producer at NBC, Rich McHugh, where you really hear us reacting in real time to the killing of the story. Um, I was taken aback, even though I lived out those events. I hadn't returned to all of that material. Uh, and I think people listening will have the same reaction. It's pretty startling stuff.
2: To Catch and Kill premieres today, and one episode per week will be revealed. A Six to eight episodes, along with a little two-week break during the holidays. What's next, Ronan Farrow? I mean, you've, you've had an award-winning book. You've got a great podcast. I mean, a movie?
5: Well, you know, I've gotten that question a lot and I have only good things to say about powerful adaptations of nonfiction stories and maybe someday in the right hands. But for years I was just so focused on getting the reporting right that actually, while I've been um, totally thrilled to have some conversations about that with people that I really respect, I've also just said, you know, to a last conversation, Hey, I, need to take the time to get the reporting right, and then I can decide about what form the story takes uh, down the line. And, you know, the podcast is sort of the the first step in terms of um, exploring different shapes that this story can take.
2: Well, I don't know who you think would play you in a movie, but I I was thinking Orlando (laughs) Bloom uh, uh, Owen Wilson, wow, that, and if that it's is a
5: rom-com. Both of the quite flattering choices. I will take it. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Ronan, we really appreciate you joining us today. You can check out Ronan's podcast, Catch and Kill, by downloading episode one today, wherever you find your podcast. The podcast is a production of Pineapple Street Media, which is a division of Intercom, which owns Channel Q. Thanks for taking the time to talk, guys. Up next, we've got everything you need to know about the Black Friday deals that are here to help you and the ones that are here to scam you. Don't make your shopping list until you hear from us. This is Drop the Subject.
0: Drop the subject,
2: the new Channel Q. Great chat with Ronan Farrow. If you missed it, you got to download the podcast, Drop the Subject, wherever you find your podcast. It was great. I'm sure we will also have a little snippet out online a little bit later, but we are also getting some snippets from you, the listeners. You have things to say. Uh, Drop the subject online. Uh, at DTS show on Twitter and on Instagram what's going on on Instagram so uh, I know there are questions about the playlist and whatnot
1: so Jake Strada um, was asking how to find the playlist Um, and so we have a playlist on Spotify and on Apple Music Um, it's on our Twitter feed I'll I'll tweet out the link again so that you can find the latest um, the latest songs that have been added to the playlist Um, and you can check them out again you can subscribe to the playlist on Apple Music and on Spotify if you type in drop the subject um, or you can type in Jarrett Hill because it's on my my, my personal playlists. Um, you can type and drop the subject. Presents Thanksgiving music matters too, um, and that is how you can find all the songs. So that's something important to remember to check out. Um, I got a, a DM from Rick in Chicago um, that shout out the show. Said he listens in Chicago. He's been listening. He found us um, right before Pride and has been listening to the show. So and he sent me a really nice email. So, um, well, a DM I should say. So
2: oh, I was like, he sent you an email.
1: How did I know. Right? You get your email address. Um, Isn't that creepy? So uh, actually, sometimes it is a little creepy when I get a, an email from someone. I'm like, how did you find this? Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, I'd. Uh, Rick sent me a really nice DM, so I wanted to shout him out in Chicago and to all of our listeners that are listening into in the Chicago area. Uh, we got our shout-out from Houston just recently, so someone was listening there. It's um, nice to
2: hear from people that are listening in other places. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Because you never know, really, who's out there. Totally. I mean, we're just a couple of people sitting in a studio talking, yapping away on these microphones, and it's nice to hear from
1: you. So Sometimes,
2: anytime you want to shout-out at us, please do.
1: Whenever I... like, If I'm ever like on MSNBC or something like that, I always forget that people are watching it. Like, I... I look at this job in news as a service to the viewer and, or the listener and the person that is reading or whatever, but I sometimes forget like there's a person reading it and giving feedback, so that's always nice to hear from people that, that are listening and like it.
2: Well, there's some uh, commentary on Twitter as well. Negative things about uh, c- the character of Kevin from Home Alone.
1: Yes, I was saying that he seems like such a good hearted kid, even though he, you know, he did those the robbers pretty badly.
2: Uh, Yes. But then somebody on Twitter said, thinking back, do you realize how much premeditated murder Kevin commits in that in that movie? Assuming most of those traps would actually kill somebody in real life. Granted, this is all in self-defense, but still Home Alone is pretty hardcore.
1: Well, to be clear, it would be premeditated murder. A, if it wasn't self-defense and B, if someone died. So, like, because yes. no one died, it wouldn't <laughs> technically be murder. But, like, I I just remember thinking to myself, like, he's so like smart and you know resourceful (laughs) and thought like but then like in the second movie he runs into the pigeon lady and like he sits down and talks to her and she's talking about she doesn't have love in her life and she doesn't have any friends and and she you know she doesn't want to put her heart on the line because it's been broken and he's like well it's kind of like my rollerblades i got these nice rollerblades (laughs) for christmas and like i never used them and then by Mm. the time i went to put them on they were they didn't fit anymore and maybe your heart's like that Mm. maybe if you don't use it by the time you go to use it it won't work anymore it was just so sweet
2: Um, Uh, We're going to do a live reading of Home Alone and Home Alone 2 tomorrow on the show. It's so good. So it's It's a Thanksgiving special. I actually do think we should uh, do a a live performance of some kind tomorrow for thanksgiving it's
1: like of a, of a movie or something
2: yeah like a thanksgiving or family-centric kind of thing just maybe a little scene just to get people in the mood for the thanksgiving holiday
1: well i do have the screenplay readily available from the social network if you want to do face the facebook story that's a, a wonderful <laughs> holiday story it's a
2: great thanksgiving <laughs> jam wait you have you randomly have the script of the social network? I don't even
1: remember why I have the script of that movie. It's just really <laughs> random.
2: Interesting. Um, Ed and O'Connor. Ed O'Connor had something to say. He had a comment about Michael Bloomberg because we were talking about him earlier and about how. Um Elizabeth Warren accused him of trying to buy voters. Mm -hmm. So at Ed O'Connor tweeted at DTS show, Jared, I think that he said he could do it by himself. He could buy the voters, uh, but he would not take money from entities that would expect a a quid pro quo like Big Pharma, tobacco, etc.
1: Well, to be clear, Ed, I wasn't saying that he's that he's um, one that he's buying voters, but more so that he's he's can self fund his campaign if he wanted to. Right. He is. A, 50, a billionaire 50 times over and so he could afford to run his campaign on his own if he so chose. Um, obviously, if he gets, you know, donors and people that are supporting him, which I'm sure there are plenty because he wouldn't have gotten to the race if he didn't have some kind of support or some kind of like um, idea that people were going to be backing him. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I completely agree with you. Like he could definitely afford to do it on his own and doesn't need a single donor if he didn't get one. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. But he's trying to say, hey, I, I, I wouldn't do that. I don't want to do that. Right. I don't want to take money from the big super PACs.
1: It's also not a wise political strategy to not have any donors or supporters because no. then seemingly by the time the election came no. you would have no voters
2: all right well in the next in the next uh few minutes here we're going to get into just the tip tuesdays something we do every single tuesday and we're going to help you with black friday
1: yeah black friday is coming up black friday small business saturday cyber monday today's
2: travel tuesday especially uh, apparently oh. you're supposed to buy flights today
1: i didn't know that was a thing
2: yeah well, you gotta you gotta buy your flight, and so you can bring your turkey on the flight.
1: And then it's like start wearing a dress during pant Wednesday, and, and like you know, <laughs>
2: start wearing a dress during pant Wednesday. I, isn't that? What I it love is? that. I've
1: never heard that before. I, I mean,
2: I'm here for it. Uh, Drop the subject. The new
0: channel Q. All right, just the tip
2: Tuesday coming your way, and this is Black Friday themed. Of course, everyone is getting their trample shoes on. They're getting ready to uh, go balls to the wall on Black Friday. But you know it's already started because it's Travel Deal Tuesday. And wow. there are some uh, their tips and tricks on how to take the fullest advantage of Travel Deal Tuesday, according to the following experts. We also have a couple of tips on how to avoid falling for online shopping scams during Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So this is not Black Friday Exclusively. I mean, there are, like you said, wear pants on a Sunday with a dress or something day. It's wear
1: drawstring pants Wednesday in preparation for Thursday.
2: Oh, is that that an actual thing?
1: It popped up on my calendar and stuff.
2: Why are your eyes darting around like
1: that? I don't know what you're talking okay. about. So apparently, according was to the Washington Post... Was that just a
2: reminder <laughs> on your phone to wear drawstring
1: pants? <laughs> you gotta start, you know, you gotta start, like, making yeah, room. I get you gotta it. start making space. Uh, uh, the Washington Post has this art great article um, from their By the Way by the way section that says, read this before hitting your wallet for a travel deal. We've got you covered on Black Friday and beyond. So apparently, I didn't even know that Travel Tuesday was a thing. But it makes sense, I guess. Um, but they say, if you are in the Black Friday game, you need to start your shopping in the morning. Um, they recommend getting a jump on your weekend shopping early in the spirit of those people lining up at Best Buy at the crack of dawn. Maybe not that early, but you get the idea. They say, we typically recommend if you can look in the morning, start then. Sometimes airlines have better limited numbers of fares and better prices available, um, and then the promotion closes, which is pretty common. So,
2: mm. So, that if makes sense. done just the Tip Tuesday a little earlier, it's probably a little bit more helpful. Is well, that what you're
1: saying? yeah, sorry. Got it. Well, no, but this is for Black Friday travel. I think this okay. Okay, is, yeah. so this
2: isn't just for Travel Tuesday. This is throughout the entire weekend,
1: right? They they also say to set your price alerts in advance. Yeah, that's which really smart.
2: I didn't know that you can even set. How do you set price alerts?
1: It depends on what websites you use, because you can set an alert saying like, "I need this flight from here to there on this day around this time," and they'll tell you what the price is, and then they'll tell you if it goes down or if it goes up so that you can kind of keep an eye on it. But if you set it early, you can kind of see how the price is going back and forth if it's going up and down and all that kind of I've stuff.
2: I've se- the only thing I've ever used for travel is Hopper. Mm-hmm.
1: I haven't used that which one, which
2: is an app that'll Emmy do. Agrees. It'll let you know. It'll be like you should book your flight now because the prices are probably going to go up, or you should wait and then book. But then sometimes if you, if it doesn't alert you, and then you go and it's like lower than ever, and they're like, oh wait, yeah, actually now's the best price, and you're like, what the hell? What if I had not checked that? So it's not <laughs> incredibly reliable, but it's helpful.
1: I remember having a Google alert set. I don't know if this was back when we went to San Francisco or not, but, like, it was um, a, a Google alert set for a price. And, like, they emailed me, like, every day for a week, like, telling me what the price was. And See, if that's it was going what I need. Now. But I, I know that was through Google Flights, but, like, there's various different places. Also, shout out to San Francisco, 1550 AM or Alice 97 3HD2. Um, Hello. We um, Yes, so they say set your price alert. So if, that's usually also if you're using one of those websites that, like, checks all whole bunch of different... Um, airlines and stuff like that. As yeah, opposed to I want the that. Yes, for, for sure. Where is that? Um, they say, remember, it's not your only time of year to score a deal, which is important. They say, well, everyone agrees that sales will take place. Not everyone agrees they'll live up to the hype. Um, they argue that the airlines don't have to push particularly great deals over the Black Friday weekend or any time of the year because it's not worth the time <laughs> or effort right. for them. Um, they say they can execute a deal um Deal advertising campaigns like throughout the year, basically. So don't feel bummed if you just miss. Yeah, out.
2: I mean, just don't live up to the or uh, don't depend entirely on hype. Yeah, or or give it too much credit because I think every you see Black Friday and you're like. Bah! Yeah. Like your uh, mind and your eyeballs just go crazy. And you have to take a step back and go, is this really the best deal? But then you feel like time is not on your side, so you just have to buy first and ask questions later.
1: Well, part of it they're saying like, is when there's a really low fare, sometimes there's not even an advertisement for it. They say the general theme for flights is that advertised flight sales just aren't very good. But because if there's a $250 flight to Europe, they don't have to put any marketing dollars behind that deal. People
2: will find it. They're
1: just going to sell itself. Yeah, so huh. the, the big deals are like... Okay, we're making these cool offers, but like you can always find really good deals if you look at the right times.
2: Mm. And then finally, it says international travel is really the way to go because I guess around Thanksgiving, that's the time when everyone's thinking, you know what? I got to get the hell out of here. Wherever
1: here, I need here to is. go as far from yeah. my
2: family as possible. And they say that, uh, you know, some uh, 60% of the flight searches on Black Friday weekend are for international travel. So that's it could a be show. a good. And probably time for the to following buy. year. Yeah. And then finally, just for anyone who's online shopping, there have been, there are more scammers than normal, mm. apparently. This is because most people are now shopping online. Uh, Black Friday is actually, the trampling and stuff like that is probably going to happen way less because people are just not, they're like, oh, I have to go to a store? Yeah. No. You have to
1: go stand on the line.
2: Exactly. Yes. I mean, the, the, the Black Friday sales mostly are online. So with, online shopping comes online scammers and they just say don't click on anything that's like a pop-up which is kind of goes without saying but on black friday you never know yeah you know you just see something in the corner that's like here's a you know, a computer for $3 and you're like, okay, and you click on it, it takes you an external site. You just want to go to like Amazon, go to Best Buy website, just go to the original website and then they also say don't, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. So, if there is like a flat screen TV with a PS4 and it's $30, <laughs> that's a red flag and that's you should just walk pass. away, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And make sure you have that little lockbox box. Oh, yeah. Just to to show
1: that it's a secure site. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's
2: that's really helpful as
0: well.
1: All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, Trump around. What has been going on in the White House? Why is Melania Trump getting booed? All those things coming up next.
0: Drop the subject. The new
2: Channel Q. All right. Now we must, we've procrastinated long enough. We must talk about the man who is currently badly running the country.
1: Wait, who do you mean?
2: Oh, um,. It's this guy Donald
1: Trump. I don't know if you. He... I'm not familiar. Oh, was yeah, he he's... the guy in the Home Alone movie yesterday? Yeah, yes, oh. yes,
2: that was him. He
1: popped up in the Home Alone too. Oh, movie.
2: damn! It. Don't you forget about that stuff. I, I was, was watching like... My Little Rascals or oh, little, uh, yeah. not My
1: Little Rascals. My Little Rascals is probably a set of toys or something. Maybe? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yes, I have those as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a great Friday night. No, and he's he's at the end of that movie. And I was like, damn it. In Home Alone
1: 2, um, Kevin McAllister makes it to the Plaza Hotel and he's like walking down the hall. Oh, yeah. And he's like, can you show me to the front desk? And like Donald Trump is like, oh, it's right that way. And I was like, Ugh, oh, this no. Um, anyhow, so uh, it's time that we Trump around. Hey, i uh, um,
2: Sorry, I forgot I was- to let you know that I they played Blow the Whistle in my workout class yesterday. It was pretty awesome. Did
1: you feel like you should start getting into some impeachment stuff?
2: Yes. I was like, wait, I have some crazy impeachment stuff I should be telling you about. <laughs>
1: Here is some crazy UH stuff. Amy was on the like, on the gun with that.
2: One. <laughs> I mean, it's ready to go. Um, I would love a spin class to just spin to the, a remix of that.
1: To just all here all, is some crazy UH stuff. Now double,
3: go. <laughs> here, here,
1: here, here, here is some crazy UH stuff.
3: And finish. Oh.
2: And that's how we sew it.
1: Turn the knob one quarter right. Uh, yeah. and it's like, oh god, <laughs> spin I hate that wheel. when they're telling us to spin the wheel. I get so mad. I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah,
2: like, I only want to spin the wheel if it's is right. Exactly. Jerks.
1: Um, okay, so a few different things have happened with the president just recently. Um, but first, we'll go. We'll start off with Melania Trump. Melania um, Trump. This headline says uh, from CNN Politics. Melania Trump booed at youth opioid summit in Baltimore, <laughs> which.
2: I love, I mean, the headline makes me happy just because she is there for a good cause. She <laughs> it's is. just, like, hysterical that even if she's there to do something good, like get kids off of opium, they're like,
3: boo, you get
1: son! Yeah, no. <laughs> it's
3: just I, like,
2: so she can't win.
1: She was there as a part of her Be Best initiative <laughs> in the Baltimore area on Tuesday, which I always like to remind people, like, Be Best, when they rolled out that, it was not... The first time she'd plagiarized Michelle Obama, it was the second time. Oh, because, really? Yes, because the whole pamphlet was like, all content from the Michelle Obama campaign from oh, like two God. years prior. Um, and, you know, my my DMs blew up. They were like, Did Melania really plagiarize this too? And I was like, Yes. yes. <laughs> um, and, but like, I didn't have to call that one out. Other people did. So um, they say that uh, she was met with a chorus of booze from attendees at a youth <laughs> summit aimed at raising awareness about the nation's opioid crisis. Boo, 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 and, boo. And right, boo, can you imagine boo, if they're boo, like in harmony? Boo, boo. Like, <laughs> Miss First Lady (laughs) Oh we hate you Like yeah Um, So that (laughs) happened to her Um, I'm the only person I know that ever feels bad for Melania Trump Like the day that that plagiarism scandal Obviously broke I I felt guilt because I know she was humiliated And it was literally because of something I did But like also she's married to Donald Trump And continues to stay there Which I think she's a hostage That's a different conversation Yeah I know free Melania So, this other headline, presidents are not kings, judge orders Trump lawyer Don McGahn to testify before Congress. This is something that's interesting because Don McGahn was the White House counsel, and he would seemingly know where a lot of the bodies are buried, but this uh, report, this um, ruling that came um, from U.S. District Judge Kentaji Brown Jackson, who is a badass black woman, uh, (laughs) a judge, and, and she handed down this ruling that was a lengthy statement ruling, really. She was talking about like the powers of the presidency and what... Can and cannot be done by um, the executive branch um, says that Don McGahn must testify before Congress. Now, before you get too excited, slow down because he's appealing. This is going to definitely be appealed, so uh. we'll continue to follow that. Speaking of things that have been appealed a million times, Donald Trump's taxes. Um, the Supreme Court has temporarily blocked a subpoena for Trump's tax tax returns, which indicates the Supreme Court may be getting ready to take up this this uh, case on whether or not his taxes have to be released. Um,
2: Man, this is it's, like a soap. They really know how to drag everything out. Don't he, They
1: it, Donald Trump is nothing if not litigious. Like if there's anything that we know about Donald Trump before he was president is that he will like he will sue and he will appeal and he will fight something in court. Uh-huh. So, we'll see where this these things go, but those are all kind of in play right now. But
2: quick question, if this appeal happens, will it delay all of the impeachment stuff? On a larger scale
1: for Don McGahn,
2: yeah,
1: um, not necessarily, no. Okay, has so this is be more tied to monkey
2: wrench and everything and delaying everything. This by- is
1: more tied to the Mueller report and things about that. Uh-huh, so, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. we'll take a quick break when we come back. News it or lose it. Drop the subject. Presents. News it or lose it. All right, Allie. We are back with lose it or lose it. You've got the real bill, um, and I've got three headlines. Are you ready? Yes. Number one: Huge hall of treasure stolen in German castle vault heist. That's a lot of words.
2: <laughs> sure. Huge, I guess.
1: Huge hall of treasure stolen in German castle vault heist. Sure. Okay. George Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos is officially running for house seat vacated by Katie Hill. Oh. Remember Katie Hill was our bisexual lady here. Yes, the
2: ousted bisexual. Yeah. I'm gonna lose it. That makes right. me sad.
1: And the <sighs> wordjinx.com word of the day. <laughs> the wordjinx.com word of the day is arboreal. Oh, all right, sure. Arboreal is the word, genius.com, word of the day. All right, so when we come back, a huge haul of treasure has been stolen in a German castle vault heist. And what the heck is Arboreal? That's up next.
0: Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.
1: Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. All right, Alie. It is News to Lose It, and I'm so excited that we are doing this story, because I wanted to talk about this yesterday, but we didn't get to. The treasure? The treasure that's been stolen from the German castle. Um, the headline says, huge haul of treasure stolen in a German castle vault heist, which, I mean, it's ca- got to be a movie at okay. some point, right? heist,
2: already great. Right? Castle heist, exponentially more awesome. German castle heist? More questions, still very awesome.
1: Castle Vault Heist? I mean, this is just, it's got to be a movie at some point. Um, This comes from CNN.com. It says, thieves have stolen around 100 pieces of priceless treasure in an audacious heist from a castle vault in the German city of Dresden. Apparently, several criminals gained access Monday to the Green Vault, um, one of the largest collections of masterpieces in Europe, lifting artifacts of immeasurable valuable, um, immeasurable value, according to um, a local politician. They say this is an attack on the cultural identity of all Saxons and the state of Saxony. Uh, The state of Saxony. Saxony. Is that a
2: new Channel Q show?
1: I'm not even touching that. Um they say the vault That's features That's what they say. On they, the show. they say the, the vault features an astounding collection of historical jewelry and precious ornaments from shimmering bowls carved out of crystal and agate to jeweled figurines and goblets fashioned from gilded ostrich eggs
2: ostrich eggs
1: uh, gilded ostrich eggs so I was
2: gonna ask you what was in there and I was like you know with Germans you never know what they find valuable it could be coins or just could be a bunch of lederhosen
1: well they say <laughs> one of the <laughs> just a bunch of Bavarian, lederhosen yeah right? just those, like, like Bavarian mugs rhinestone
2: yeah, like nice.
1: Exactly. Really good Swarovski nice. later. Like what it.
2: they would wear on that Saxony show.
1: Completely uh, uncomfortable to wear, but anyway. They say one of the most famous pieces of the collection is a 41-carat green diamond known as the Dresden Green. Um, was not in the museum at the time. Oh, they say that one was not there. So they say it is currently on loan to the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. So that was saved by the Met. Um, they say police were saved to call at 4.59 in the morning from museum security on Monday saying that a break-in was taking place. Wow. That's crazy. They say two suspects were singing on the closed caption television that they have there. Um, The footage was later released by the police. It shows two people wearing dark clothes moving quickly through the gallery using flashlights. One of them uses an axe to break the glass. The video shows it takes a perpetrator at least nine hits on the glass before the glass breaks. Much better than that Tesla.
2: Yes, definitely. Well, it's funny because you, when you think about all the movies, like Oceans 10, 11, 12, I don't know how many there are, they always have these high-end you know, uh, devices with where lasers they're drilling and in yeah, and and lasers. And then in real life, it's just a bunch of people wearing dark clothes with an axe.
1: And a flashlight. And a flashlight. There you go. Um, they say um, after cutting through a grill and breaking a window, the suspects came in and walked toward the glass vitrine, smashed it, and the left. Train. They And then they disappeared. I don't know so many of the
2: words I think half the words in that article are words of
1: the day I I love like, that. Like, what's a vitrine? Um, what's also cool, they say a nearby electrical fire knocked out streetlights in the area at around the same time of the robbery. <sighs> According to a statement released later in the afternoon, the investigators are working on the assumption that the two incidents are related. Yes, That's because so there's,
2: like, got to be a person who's just starting a fire right next to an electric
1: You need outlet. a diversion. Yes. There you go. All right. The word dot com word of the day is arboreal. Any guesses? Arborial. When I saw the, the definition, I was like, oh, it's right there in the name. Arboreal.
2: Is it something that's had to do with trees?
1: That's, yeah, it does have something to do with trees. You, this when, might be your first time getting one right. Is it,
2: okay, arboreal? Is it somebody who's in charge of trees, like an admiral? Yeah, uh, I'll okay. just I'll just
1: take part uh-huh. of it. Um, the <laughs> the word is. <laughs> You're just singing the tree part. I'm just gonna take the tree Damn part. Damn it! Just, le- just leave it at the trees. Okay. Um, it is an adjective relating to or resembling trees or something inhabiting trees. So um, arboreal is. Uh, they so
2: what, it's when you inhabit a tree. Well, like I like that bird is an arboreal bird.
1: Well, like, like if you trees. had like a, a backyard with a greenhouse that had trees in it, it'd be arboreal. So they say the holiday season usually starts with a visit to an arboreal paradise, the Christmas tree farm. Or oh. all of the arboreal species are were relocated to the zoo's new lush rainforest habitat.
2: Interesting. Yeah man I can't remember which word it was now but yesterday when I was finishing that book I've been reading I've been listening to they used one of the dictionary.com words today. yes and I was driving home and I was like oh my god I know where that word is (laughs) I'll remember it eventually Uh, she'll
1: remember by the time we come back hopefully
2: yeah or I'll remember like a year from now and be like it was arboreal
1: (laughs) we'll take Uh, a quick break when we come back Dr. Jen's gonna be here and we're gonna be talking to her about all things love, sex, and relationships don't go anywhere
0: drop the subject The new channel Q Dr. Jen is joining us now
1: to have a conversation that I actually can relate to because I've been through this situation and wasn't sure if it was a good idea, and I don't think it ended up working. But, but Dr. Jen, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. So you have this weekly column that you do in InStyle called Hump Day, where you are answering questions from um, various folks that have, I, that have questions for you. And this uh, email comes in and it says, Dear Dr. Jen, my boyfriend and I love each other, but we've been fighting a lot lately, and he wants to, quote, take a break. I don't understand how this works. How does this help our relationship? If we do this, what does it look like? Should I even agree to this? I think it's such a good question.
2: It is. And I mean, the only thing I know about it is bad news, but that's all because of Ross and Rachel and friends. So I would imagine (laughs) that, Dr. Jen, you're... Wow.
1: (laughs)
4: Wow. (laughs) There's a lot of truth to that, that, but that's a whole other... Uh, aspect of the break issue, which we can talk about as well as sort of if you're going to take a break, what are the rules of the break and making sure that you are crystal clear. So you don't have a Ross and Rachel situation. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of taking a break in a relationship. I think that it, if it's a new relationship, it sets a precedence of kind of running from each other, not dealing with things. Mm. I'm all for a time out. You may need to sleep on something. You may need to stop a conversation where you're super triggered and it's heated and no one is, is functioning well and are just upsetting each other that I'm all for. But an actual break in a relationship, I'm for couples therapy. I'm for talking through things. I'm for learning new skills. The one time where I am for taking a break or a separation is when You've got a couple who's got kids who has a family together where they need to stay connected because they share a life and human beings together. And you're just so triggered and hot that the environment in the home has become so tense, so stressful for everyone, especially the kids involved, that you just kind of need to kind of take a step back to cool down and kind of have a little separate time Each of you then should be an individual therapy to work through your part of the conflict and to develop the tools to have better discussions and then meeting during that time to work on the relationship with the couple's therapist so that you can continue to move the relationship forward and figure things out.
2: Now, when you when you say take a break in a a marriage, like you say, with kids and everything, does that involve moving out and leaving the house or would you imagine? What was that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you Typically would get a temporary I mean, you'd stay with a friend or something. Talking,
4: yeah. We're talking about couples who are contemplating divorce. When we're talking about someone, a, a marriage where they need to take a break or a separation, we're talking about basically we're trying to do everything we can at this point to avoid a divorce. And that I've had couples where they're at the point in their marriage, in their relationship, where they're just... Fighting all the time. They just can't coexist together. And there's still hope of working through it but not if they're screaming and yelling and triggering each other every single
1: day. Now, see, um, I know that you have a breakdown of, I love the way that you write this. It says, want to try taking a break anyway? Here's what you need to know. So um, <laughs> you've got five notes like, listen, if you're not going to take my advice, yeah. this is what you just, need to do. If you're do. just
2: going to go ahead and say would, a break, because the break yeah. is so enticing.
1: Yeah.
3: I don't always listen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. So the the first thing you have here is keep the rules clear.
4: Yes. yes. Are you dating other people? Are you monogamous? What are the rules? If you if it's okay to date other people? The, like, is there anyone that's off limit? Like, exactly what's going on? So that we don't have, you know, Ross sleeping with the copy girl. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, so this is actually what happened to me when I took a break in my last relationship. We were like, we're going to take a break. And I was like, okay, but what does that mean? Like, Mm -hmm. how do we define that? And my Mm -hmm. boyfriend-ish at the time was like, well, I mean, we're just taking a break. Like, it doesn't have to be super defined and blah, blah. I was like, no, no, no. I need Uh some Uh definition. I need to know what's okay and what's not.
4: very smart. Yeah, and he did not want
1: to do that. And I feel like the amb... I always hate more than anything in a relationship ambiguity. And I felt like that ambiguity was not serving either one of us.
4: For sure. It just it creates anxiety, and it also is the gateway to heartbreak, hurt feelings, and getting triggered and disappointed.
1: So your second um, note here is to establish a goal for the break. What does that mean?
4: Is that you want to figure out why are you doing this? Mm. What is the point? Are you doing this so that you can work on yourselves individually and have a little space while you do that? Are you doing it so you can get a sample of what would my life be like if I was single? Are you doing it so you can get a little distance to see if this is a relationship that has a future? Like exactly what is it you're looking to do? It's important to be clear on that because that's going to determine what the rules are during the break and also how, how much contact you guys have with each other during the break. It's important to know what the goal is. Hmm. Well, we
2: have a lot more points to cover. I want to ask you about contact, just how much contact you're supposed to have. Because I feel like the people I know who have taken breaks are like, we're not going to talk. And then it's like, what are you doing? I miss you. Allie, I
1: told you that in confidence. (laughs) Uh,
2: My relationship with Jarrett, we're going to break it all down next. (laughs) I told you
1: about that in confidence.
0: (laughs) Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.
1: We're back with Dr. Jen talking about whether or not couples should take a break um, in the middle of their relationship. She told us that if you're in a marriage and considering divorce, maybe that is an opportunity to consider taking a break or separation. But generally, if you're a boyfriend and girlfriend kind of a situation not a big fan of the break in a relationship and I was telling you uh, Dr. Jen before we got into this I had a break in my last relationship and like it never really came back together we didn't ever really Mm -hmm. define what the terms or the rules were and to me it didn't really end up making sense and then we didn't ever establish a goal for what the break was for but your next tip here um, the question asks how much contact will you have and that was a big problem for me because I was like we shouldn't be talking if we're on a break right like why are you still texting me and all right. that kind of stuff? So
2: then how much contact do you well, recommend, Dr. Jen?
4: Well, again, it depends on what your goal is. If, if your goal is to take a little space to cool down, then minimal contact or at least superficial contact where like, oh, hey, I forgot my backpack at your house. It might be OK, but not like oh, are you sleeping with other people? Like <laughs> wow. you know, Or rehashing the argument that caused you guys to need the break to begin with. Mm. So it, it's really important to, again, going back to number two that we discussed before the break, is establish what the goal is for the break. If the goal is to sample the single life, then no, no contact at all. You guys should have the sense of what it feels like to have that that void in your life where that person was. So it really very much depends on what your goal is.
1: I'm sorry, before we move on, though, what could other goals be? I know this was number two. Like, what could other goals be other than like saying if you want to even be in a relationship? Because I'm a little confused with that.
4: Seeing if you can take the time to cool down and learn the tools that are missing to make the relationship work well, and that sometimes people can't learn the tools while they are so busy triggering each other that, you know, and we've talked about it before in your show that typically even the best relationships, because we tend to unconsciously pick people that trigger our old wounds from our childhood, once we get past the honeymoon period, we tend to trigger each other. So the fact that you trigger each other isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it can be if you don't learn the skills to deal with it, to communicate well, to help each other heal. So what you really want to do is if you are triggering each other, is that sometimes that goal can be, okay, we need to learn to communicate without being so hot-headed with one another. We need to develop better communication. And sometimes that means not having, not spending a lot of time together temporarily. In a case like that, I would say, don't start dating other people. Make it really clear and clean. Like we're not dating other people. We're taking this break to work on the relationship, but we're triggering each other so much. We need to kind of, take a step back from each other so that we can take a step forward.
2: Just quickly before we move on to the next point, what happens when one person in the relationship breaks the rules? Like if you say, "Okay, we're not going to talk. It's like when saying me and my wife, okay, no one's going to have ice cream this week. And then one person's like, should we buy some ice cream? And then you just completely cave in, you know, where one person texts the other and it just throws everything off. What do you do with that?
4: That the person who's being tested has to remind that person of the boundaries. Like, don't don't get sucked in. And it's it's helpful if you can have a neutral person, like a therapist or a rabbi or a priest or a mediator or someone like if it's if it's if it gets really bad, just like a third party or maybe someone who just loves you guys so much and wants to see this work out and is rooting for you both that you both trust to just be like, okay, guys, I want to like you can't do this. Like, I'm looking out for your relationship and you, you, need, you guys promise to not talk for a week. You need to really not talk for a week.
1: So we're talking to Dr. Jen Mann about whether or not it's a good idea to take a break in the middle of your relationship. She's giving us um, five different tips on what you need to know if you're going to do this, even though she said you probably shouldn't do it. Um, she says, uh, yeah. tip number one is keep the <laughs> rules clear. Uh, number two is establish a goal for the break. Number three, how much contact will you have with the other person? Now, number four, you say keep the break Break private. I think that's really smart. Yes.
4: Do not announce it on Instagram or Facebook or change your status, which just creates drama. Then all of a sudden, all your friends are writing you, they're texting you, they're posting on Facebook. What happened? And it, it creates a whole lot of drama. This is private. You don't need to involve your friends and the public with the process. You can let them know when there's an outcome. Hey, you know, we're happier than ever. Look at us hugging and looking perfect in the park. And we are such the perfect lovebirds. Or, hey, I'm so sad to say that we're no longer together. Bob was just such a great guy, but it didn't work out. You know, do it with grace. But don't involve your friends and the public in, in the meanwhile.
2: All right. And then finally, which this this seems like the hardest one is setting an actual time frame. I mean, was three weeks, four weeks. I mean, what
4: do you recommend through six months? Well, I think you, you have to get a sense of, again, going back to the goal. If this is a family where someone has, like, betrayed someone else. I, I had a, a friend who discovered that her husband had a secret cocaine problem. Oh, oh my and God. He moved out, agreed to get clean and sober. She said, I need to see you clean and sober and working a 12-step program for a year. He came over every night. Their child never knew that he was not sleeping in the house. He was there for dinner, tucked the kid into bed went to his apartment, went to his meetings, went to work and then came back, you know, like as if he was living there, he was there for breakfast and for dinner. That's an example of, of a successful break. This is a guy who ended up getting clean and sober, has been sober for decades save their marriage. They did some couples therapy. It worked out really well. So that, that's an example. In that case, he had to rent an apartment. So he had to say, okay. And his his wife said, you know what? I need, you, I need to see a year of sobriety under your belt before you're welcome back in this house.
3: Hmm. So that's an example
4: of a long break. Whereas for another couple, it may be, you know what? Let's just take a week and calm ourselves down. I'm going to do a couple of sessions of therapy individually, you do the same and then let's meet back and see if we can kind of hone our skills.
2: Dr. Jen, as always, we could talk to you for hours. You can pick up Dr. Jen man's book, the relationship fix, uh, Dr. Jen's six step guide to improving communication, connection, and intimacy. I'm working my way through the book. I highly recommend you do too. You can also read her weekly column and in and you can find all things. Dr. Jen at Dr. Jen man at Dr. Jen man with two N's on Jen and two Ends on man. Dr. Jen, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Drop
0: the subject. The new Channel Q.
1: Allison Johnson, we have covered a marathon of things today. You're like...
0: Yeah, we've been all over the map.
1: You've been... uh, We've had talks about impeachment, about Don McGahn, about the Supreme Court. We've had talks about traveling mm-hmm. we've had talks about Rowan
2: farrow joined us on the show
1: ronan farrow was a pretty awesome guest today talking about his new podcast called catch and kill um kate middleton and prince william were kind of scolding a radio host
2: yep yep we talked about what a henry is
1: what uh, which i think i'm a henry
2: <laughs> which i mean Allie and henry here hanging out with you and and henry. The
1: subject henry was the name of my goldfish um but I think it's time that we get into an some happy endings. Name for it, is, yeah. it was my name it was the name of the goldfish because I thought like I had heard of a pet somewhere named Henry and I thought that as a kid I was like, I guess that's what you're supposed to name your pets. And I named him Henry.
2: I'm I'm all I'm all about animals with grown-up people names. <laughs> like classic old People, Arnold.
1: Yes, His, my dog's name is Arnold. It's like yeah. oh, Jefferson. Really? Jefferson, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like um,
2: there, I met a dog one time, it was named Claire.
1: That it's is like, not a dog name, no, it's bizarre. not. Yeah. But that's why it's funny. It's like it Jessica, like, the dog. Damn it, Claire, <laughs> exactly. Jessica, Jessica. <laughs> Dennis, get in here. It's like, what is going on? Okay, call
2: her Jen, <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. We call her Jenny. Um, uh, okay, Emmy, you got a happy ending for us. More of a happy beginning oh. because because
2: okay. I found out through you guys that LAX is, you know, there's a protest going on and it's holding up a lot of people there. Right. And I couldn't explain why there was no traffic this morning, but I feel like that might be it. Like there's just so many people stuck at LAX that it's taking away <laughs>
4: from the freeways because ah. I have to
2: cross the 405 and the 10, which is like. Pretty close oh, to so the So this airport. is a, a
1: grateful beginning from the beginning of the show. Yeah, yeah. I see what you did there. Well, okay. yeah, I
2: mean, you know, you think about it, protests are always usually negative. You know, nobody wants to protest, but for you, it actually worked out great. It did. It, it did. Yeah, that's look at God. Very nice. happy about look it. Look at God. God, look at God. God okay. was like, "This is for you, Emmy." <laughs> yeah, <and this> was <laughs> These workers you. have had years of fun. Whenever I say that's "Look right. at God,"
1: I imagine God going, "Oh God, what is he talking about? That has nothing to do with me." The
2: idea of God going, "Oh God,"
1: exactly is great. Exactly, oh me.
2: Oh, me.
1: I mean, Ellie, what you got?
2: Me, damn it. All right. Uh, Yes, Dr. Jen may have told us that taking a break in a relationship never works. That can be kind of a bummer for some people. But on the bright side, not the case for Kit Kats.
1: Oh, give me a break. Yeah. Yeah. And thankfully,
2: that's... that's always a good thing. And I believe Dr. Jen would agree. So taking a break, bad for relationships, good for candy. I leave you with that.
1: I no, I I'm so grateful for that mm-hmm. um, piece of information.
2: Yeah, you deserve a break today, Jared. Yeah, that's their thing. I
1: get it because that's from their commercials. Right. Yeah. Do you like the left one or the right one? Are we still talking about Kit Kats? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all the commercials are left versus right. Oh, what? Really? Yeah. They're all like, do you want the left Kit Kat or the right? I didn't Kit Kat? know that
2: Kit Kats were so bipartisan.
1: Yeah. Well, they're it's a thing now. Okay. I had no idea. My happy ending. <clears throat> Finding deals for African American Friday and Travel Tuesday <laughs> may take a lot of strategy and thought, but look at the bright side. Your ass probably ain't going nowhere, no way, because nope. the weather is going to be so trash. So exactly. sit down and cozy up to that Home Alone on Disney Plus and save yourself some money.
2: Yeah, and you know what? You may never get to see your family this Thanksgiving, but at least you're not going to be sitting next to, you know, Clarice with a big baked ham. There
1: you
2: go. <laughs> in the middle, but no row. gravy. No gravy. No Can't gravy. Bring the gravy. She's just sitting there with a the ham. But Hot a honey
1: ham. ham. Oh, honey ham. <laughs> All right. Can Thanksgiving hurry up and get here? I (laughs) love honeybee. We gotta
2: go. Mm. We'll be back for another live show tomorrow. You're, I'm eating imaginary I just ham
1: want right ham. now my uh, mouth is starting to water
2: game <laughs> and more tomorrow and maybe a Thanksgiving special you'll have to find out see you tomorrow on the next. on the next drop the subject on the next show we're telling you the beautiful story of Thanksgiving
1: yeah what a heavy dose of that real real when the pilgrims came across the
2: ocean they met the Indians and had a beautiful turkey dinner in profound gratitude to one another
1: yeah there was literally no turkey at that meal and they're Native Americans and they weren't even at that first
2: the pilgrims said we may have our differences but what makes us all special is our freedom
1: which they stripped away from them along with their land their natural resources and basic human rights
0: yikes this is gonna be fun it wasn't fun for them either Ah! drop the subject 12 to 2 pacific 3 to 5 eastern on the new channel q